When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Whoopi. As The View celebrates its 25th season, we're continuing our special podcast series. Today, Sonny Hostin talks to Jedediah Bieler. Here's Sonny. Jedediah was a co-host with me for season 20, and although we disagreed on a lot, we became great friends. Today, we talk about her courage to not shy away from talking about race with me, how she terrorized me on our trip to Disney World, and then how she truly felt after being let go from The View and the impact it had on her. Here's our conversation. Hi, my friend. Hello. <laughs> and I was just saying, you know, all of the uh, View hosts all keep in, most of us keep in touch. I think people don't realize that, that you really become part of a, a family, a sorority, because Paula Ferris was just texting me. So yeah. it's still a family. And you and I, of course... Still keep in contact with each other. Now, one thing I wanted to ask you, because I didn't really watch The View a lot before I got the the message um, from Bill Getty, who was the former EP, who said, hey, you know, Whoopi saw you on, on a, a, a show. That show was um, our overnight show at ABC News. And Whoopi thinks you'd be a good fit. Can you uh, come on and, and, and try it out? And I was like, the view. Let me let me go and check it out a little bit more. Were you a fan of the show before coming on the show? I was. I didn't watch it religiously, but yeah. I had seen enough of it to find it intriguing that it was women sitting around a table who all saw the world a little bit differently and mm. just figuring it out. So it was funny. I was at um, Fox at the time uh, when I got the call about that show, and I was like, you know what? that would be kind of fun. You know, it felt like that living room conversation. Um, I didn't know what it would be like to be the only conservative there. Uh, but it, it, I did know the show and I did feel like when I got that call, like it was, oh, okay, this is A, really cool, B, kind of surreal, but C, yeah, I think I could work there. <laughs> so you see, <laughs> so you at least knew what you were getting into yeah. because I, on the other hand, was like looking for old tape and <laughs> I try to like figure out what it was really about. You know, um, I I actually <laughs> didn't really know what I was getting into, um, but I I I almost think that um, you still don't really know what you're getting into um, because this experience is unlike anything else right mm -hmm. I think in television I, I really believe that because you've done television before the view after the view I've done television before the view I've done television while on the view and it, it's really different because you lose your anonymity right all of a sudden everyone knows you because millions of people watch you every single day and I, I would imagine for you it was even more difficult because you're one of the few hosts that has sat in that conservative seat mm -hmm. at the end of the table. Um, how how tough was that, do you think? You know, it's funny. I didn't think about that a lot beforehand because mm. I had spent a lot of time in conservative media. And I was like, you know what? I'm used to this. Like, I'm this is this is what I believe. This is what I stand for. But I don't think I had ever really 
been at a table doing live TV, having to uphold those positions. I think that's different. You know, I had written a book called Outnumbered a while back. So I always felt like this conservative in New York that didn't quite Mm -hmm. fit in. And I had a lot of liberal friends and I have, I grew up in a family that was very diverse politically. So I had a lot of practice, but Mm -hmm. I think it's very different when it unfolds on television and you have people coming at you from all angles. And my struggle initially was I would get in my head a little bit about this is the conservative seat. You know, what Mm -hmm. does that mean? What does that mean in terms of what people expect me to say? Mm. What does that mean in terms of what I should say? Now, I am a principal conservative. I think actually I've gotten more conservative this last year and a half than I've ever been in my life. But regardless, I'm a free thinking person, right? We all are. If you are a a, a human being that grows and evolves, you are a free thinking person. So no one's going to toe a line 100 percent of the time. That's not human. Mm -hmm. But I did get in my head a little bit like if the whole table was agreeing that I was supposed to disagree. And I fought that, you know, I fought that and really tried to be my authentic self on the show. But that was my internal battle sometimes. Like, what Mm. do the executives expect from this seat? And it's a lot of pressure because it's that one seat that everyone's like, that's the conservative seat, you know? And and you know me, Sunny, like, I don't ally myself with a politician. I'm not Mm -hmm. like, oh, let me defend this politician. I'm I'm defending principles. So that can get confusing to people sometimes. Like, yeah. Um, so it was it, I, I had to kind of force myself out of my own head, which was a little tough sometimes. And I remember um, at the time you described yourself more as a libertarian. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of hard to describe. Do right. you still describe yourself that way? So I, I used to use the term libertarian conservative because I felt like freedom was my passion. I wanted ah. people to be free. In all senses of the word, Um, you know, and I used to say freedom to not have health health insurance if you don't want to, freedom to marry whoever you want. But I feel like these words have gotten lost in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a limited government principled. I'm I'm getting more comfortable again with the word conservative, actually. But um, I don't know. These labels just never really worked for me. I think Mm. I think you have to tell people what you believe and people will say, oh, you know, some will say that's a conservative. Some will say that's a libertarian. But for me, it wasn't about parties and it wasn't about politicians. It was about freedom, limited government and all of the values like the Constitution, all the values that I felt built the country that I wanted upheld. And see, and I, I think that's sort of what happens on this show as well. Like you say, you were struggling with it. In that seat, I think we all kind of struggle with it on the show because I know when I first came on the show, and you know this about me, like I grew up Catholic, Roman Catholic, all Catholic schools, Latina Catholic. I mean, that, you know, Puerto Rican Catholic, Notre Dame Law School Catholic. Um, I was one of those that, you know, would go on on pro-life marches. If that was my thing. And then you're sitting there with... Whoopi Goldberg and Joy Behar and they're like women would go into, you know, alleyways and perform abortions on themselves. How could you feel like this? And and it does give you one. You you, you do feel um, uh, like, oh, my gosh, like, but I believe this. And 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 these two really powerful, strong women who are older um, who have a lived experience very different from mine, um, you know, I, maybe I need to question uh, my belief. Um, no. Maybe maybe I need to listen to them and, and, and not 
you know, push my beliefs on them. Um, so I, I think a lot of people um, that sit at this table re-examine labels, re-examine beliefs. Um, and isn't that kind of the beauty of the show in a way? Yeah, I think it forces you to think about who you are, what you believe, yeah. what you stand yeah. for. You know, as you were talking about that, I was thinking about Whoopi. And mm-hmm. Whoopi is an icon, right? Like, I grew right. up watching Whoopi Goldberg on my television. Yeah, like, I knew who she like, was. Like, <laughs> Brown is my girl. Like, I love these characters. Like, I I really, you know, I felt like I kind of knew her before, yeah. which I'm sure a lot yeah. of people say to her. And she's probably like, oh, my gosh, another one. But <laughs> I, I think I had to kind of forget who she was to yes. have those debates and those discussions because it wasn't until I left and I would, you know, see some of that played back in my mind and say, wow, I had that debate with Whoopi Goldberg. And like, isn't that, it hard? And you're like, and she's beloved, you know, she's yes. beloved by people who like, like me who watched her for years and, and yeah. really feel like as an actress, she was in their living rooms and in their homes and you're on the other side of the issue. So it's like, good yeah. luck, you know, no, you haven't done your homework. If she knew because- what she was doing, though, she would have known that those documents that were labeled confidential, she was briefed on that. Let me explain so something you to you. Can I know you can, you can, you can keep bringing, that, you can bring those emails up as much as you want. She wasn't hacked. Everybody else was. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And it's it's hard because you you wonder, oh my gosh, did I just did I insult her? Or and right. I think I think you'll agree. One of the great things about Whoop is that she's very gracious about it. Like she mm-hmm. gives you permission. She's like, bring it on. Like right. if this is who this is what this table is about. Please disagree with me, yes. and I'm going to disagree with you. And we're going to leave the table, and we're still going to be sisters. It's fine, but you cannot sit at this table unless you are capable of doing that. I know for a long time people were like. Sonny and Whoopi must hate each other. And it's like, <laughs> right, no, we don't hate yeah, we don't hate each other. But my job is to give my real opinion on things. And a lot of times, because I am a, a little, I, I, I lean differently than Whoopi um, does on a lot of issues, um, I'm going to disagree with her. Mm-hmm. And, and, but it's still love. It's like, it's okay. And I know you disagreed with Whoopi. A lot yeah. of things. And that's yeah, fine. And, and I do. And I and I and I remember, you know, people who don't know her personally, she's a very warm soul. Mm-hmm. You know, her door is open. And I she was someone who when I was on the show, I often went into her dressing room and had oh. conversations with her about, you know, my job and what I was doing. And, you know, I didn't want to I, I wanted to make sure that we all understood, like, I'm here because this is how I feel about issues. And I feel like a lot of the country feels this way, but I want this to be respectful always. Like, I care about what you have to say. And she advised me a number of times on issues unrelated to politics or unrelated to work, uh, you know, about family. And because remember, we're all coming in this with with lives outside. You know, you have children, you have a husband. Sarah at the time had had a baby and she was, you know, a little bit older in age, close to my age. And I was Mm -hmm. asking her questions about that. So I think it's really important. One thing that was different for me about working on that show, and I've hosted other shows, was that this was a group of people who cared about each other on the whole. This was like, this wasn't just we showed up on set, we went back and forth on politics and you vanished. No, this was, these were people you could go to and say, what do you think about this, like going on with my family or, you know, and Mm -hmm. and you knew that it was coming from a good place. So that is extremely, extremely rare. Yes. Um, and special. And it, it it was unique for me to that experience. Definitely. Definitely. 
Definitely. Um, let me ask you this, because I think the show gets a bad rap. Um, everyone wants to sort of report on they hate each other and there's so much drama behind the scenes. And did you see how she looked at her? Um, and, you know, they want to know if there is drama behind the scenes and do we <laughs> really hate each other? Um, what was your experience behind the scenes at The View? You know, it's funny. When I left the show, um, I wound up doing a little bit of a media tour just to, just because I, you know, I was free. I was a, I was out there. Mm -hmm. I was doing XM, and then I did a book tour. And everyone who sat me down, the first question was like, what was it really, really like yeah. for you? And they were very surprised that I didn't trash the show because my experience was actually really good. Now, I can't uh -huh. speak for other casts. I can't speak for other people who may have had different experiences. But I was nervous about taking that job because I had read so much about drama. And you know me. I don't mm -hmm. do drama at work. I mm -hmm. don't like it. I don't flourish yep. in it. And I'm not, I wasn't used to it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to walk into this and I'm going to it's going to be constant stress. And it for me, that was not my experience. I yep. went in. Yes, on air, you see some heat sometimes because we mm -hmm. all feel so strongly about these issues. You're going to see that. And that's so important. Right. Because out there, there are people that some people are listening to what I say and saying, yeah, Jed, that's a great point. Some people are listening to what Whoopi says or you say or Joy. Like we're right. representing a country in many ways. And that's so mm -hmm. that's such a privilege. But I we didn't have one. And I will speak to our cast. There was not one fight that we had. Nope. Offset. Nope. There was not one argument. There was not one close to argument. Nope. There was zero. Ever. Zero. And you're you're saying it as we're saying it. Like, Never. And believe me, when I exited, that was my chance to go out and say, by the yep. way, I yep. didn't because there was nothing to say. There was nothing to say. And I remember someone said to me uh, after you left, I'm like, you don't like Jed, do you? I was like, <laughs> I do. What, what do you what do you mean? And, and you know me, I get along with everybody. Right. Like, I am the one person that gets along with everybody. I'm an only child. I have oodles and oodles of friends. I get along with everyone. And I was like, why would you pick her out? And they reminded me that you and I got into this uh, discussion on air where I said to you, that's not what you said before. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I'm not being inconsistent. I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You're being inconsistent because the last time you said this. Uh -huh. But that's who I am. I'm a lawyer. I'm trained. I remember what people said. And, right. and, and then you made your point. You were like, nope. It was nuanced because I, and then I was like, oh, OK. And right. then that was it. From that one discussion, a friend of mine was like, you looked at her and you were side eyeing, side eyeing her <laughs> and you cut your eye. And I know that I was like, wow. Well, Sonny, so, your expressions are amazing. Well, I, I mean, that I, did, I have to you know, say I, I when you're probably like, processing it when you're not feeling <laughs> when you're not feeling what someone's saying. Yeah. They, they see it. But that's cool. Like, you know, that doesn't mean you don't like them. It just yeah. means you're like, mm -mm, I, I don't know. like that. That what you I just like, said. I don't know. You said something different before. But all right, girl. That, I, that's probably what I was thinking. Like, all right. OK. But just from that, I think when people people are reading into um, what's going on air. Um, but no, we didn't have any drama that season. Yeah, we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have any drama. And, None. Um, Zero. 
Yeah. And that was, like I said, the question I was always asked. And yeah. I think everyone thought I was lying. And I was like, can I ask you guys, why wouldn't I, wouldn't I benefit more from saying yeah. there was drama yeah. at this point? No, but there no. just wasn't. Um, there wasn't. That was my, my truth uh, from that show. Um, the only drama that I will say that I recall was a nasty little trip to Disney <gasps> where everyone ganged up on me, <laughs> you and Sarah, and you all insisted that I get on some nasty little roller coaster rides, knowing full well I do not enjoy being afraid. I do not <laughs> like taking risks. I'm risk averse. I do not enjoy amusement parks. Yeah. Just that, me. That Just me. was the trip of a lifetime. You know, Sonny, yeah, you my see? mom to this day says to mm. me, you know what you did to Sonny? That was terrible. It was cruel. And, and I can't, all I remember is coming off of Tower of Terror. And mm-hmm. it was funny because they were filming us and yeah, they, they filmed were. me. And I was like, yeah, one more round. Yeah, baby, mm-hmm. scare me. And then they got you right after me and you were like, I'm done. I yeah, am done. I was you done. had had it. You had I had cried. It. But it and was, I'm not the crying type. But I come on. You have to admit, though, you stretched beyond your comfort zone. You, I you knew had that I was not going to be fun. comfortable. No, I did <laughs> Look not. Look at her face. But I this is what made fun. for great TV. Things that you didn't see was me eating nonstop through the whole trip and them laughing at me. What you didn't see was all the things Sonny said to us in between having to film those things, which was quite colorful at times. I may have called you bitches. <laughs> possible sarah was like sarah sarah's like usually like the one who makes the peace but she mm-hmm. kind of joined on my team a little bit i'm not gonna lie and kind she of did. i may have called you crazy bitches and i i'm still mm-hmm. you know in fact i'm gonna have to text brian after this and tell him you still need to get sunny into a haunted house i haven't forgotten about that mm-hmm. because i think that would be fantastic not gonna happen great television happen. For, listen do you want ratings or not sunny you have no, to just take one for the happen. team sometimes but yeah, that was one of my favorite trips. I cannot ever. believe, Jed, that was one of your favorite trips. It's, you know me, right? Rides, I would go on rides morning till night over and over again. You did have some fun, though. Remember you had um, the Star I liked when Wars. we drank, when we had the drinking stuff. I didn't do we, any drinking. We drank. I mean, I drank and Sarah drank. That was fun. And we no, went. with the Star Wars. Remember you had me hold those? Uh, well, whatever. I like Star Wars. I love sci-fi. That was good. When we went to eat with uh, the Disney area where you can eat all the at different places, eating around the world or whatever. That was great. That was it. And as I recall, you there was one roller coaster that you skipped. Um, and I still don't understand Because I was done why. after Tower of Terror. That was it. Wait. It's called Tower of Terror. Who wants to... To, to go someplace to have fun and be terrorized. It was so much fun. And we have to, you know what, now that I think of it, they should send you back and have you just do that one ride that you you didn't no. do in a no. Conquer Your Fears No, I can't aspirational what that segment. ride was, but all I, I know is that it went up, 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 <laughs> up, and then it just dipped down. And all the people that were on that ride, they were screaming their hearts out. And it didn't sound fun. It sounded like they were terrified. 
terrorized. And I just I just went home. <laughs> you were like, that's it for me. I, I had to. And call I remember it. saying like to producers, like, come on, you got to get her on. And they were like, no, it's over. <laughs> it's really it's over. And I had asked ahead of time because when they said they were going to send us out, they had sent me you and Sarah out, you know, ahead of time, ahead of the 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 team. And when they said they were going to send us out, I was like, I'm only going if Sonny's going on the rides because otherwise <laughs> this is going to be terrible television. Who wants to see me and Sarah like, yeah, yeah, no, you need some, you always need a contrarian. And in that moment in time, Sonny Hostin, you did your job and you spoke to all those people like my mom. My mom was like, you could have never got me on those rides. I was like, Sonny was a champ. <laughs> well, let's move on. Yes. Because yes. I have PTSD. Um, <laughs> now, um, what I loved, uh, you were so happy. We had a birthday show for you. And you got to meet Luke Perry. I did. Um, uh, and you, you, I, I heard that that was actually your other moment from the show that was like your favorite. That was a big day for me. I don't know how Brian pulled that <laughs> off, honestly. Um, I mean, I know, you know, there's the view has a lot of pull and you can get but I just didn't I I'm it's it's hard to surprise me I had yeah. no idea and I think Brian thought that that it was just a childhood crush like a tv crush and it yeah. was I loved that character I mean Dylan McKay was everything but it was also like for for people out there who watch 90210 or watch some of these shows like Dawson's Creek and what's not you are kind of figuring out your life watching mm, these characters mm. and relate, you know, sometimes you would relate to one and not the other. The first date you went on, the first, and for some reason that character was so complex and he was like the bad boy, but, you know, fell in love deeply. He was, I <laughs> completely was enamored and Brian made it happen. I'll never forget you guys had me reading Prompter that day, which yes. I didn't do a lot. <laughs> and they, they had you, and it was like all of a sudden he was there with a with a cake. When this happens, when you have like a fan that like knows your stuff from, does it drive you crazy that I'm like Dylan McKay's at the table right now? It has to a little bit, right? No, it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. It's not like you're giving Luke Perry away. Yeah. I think as long as I get to come out to the table, you Thank can you so call me whenever you want. Thank you so much for being here. It's my pleasure. And I, I froze. You freaked out. <laughs> I froze. That's my only regret. You know, he has since passed away. And it, it yeah. I cried that day when I got that, when I found out that news. Yeah. And I don't know him personally, but it broke my heart, uh, completely broke my heart in many ways. But um, I froze that day. Yeah. I couldn't. I was like a little kid, you know. Didn't, and you, didn't he bring you like a shirt or something? No, he brought me a cake, a birthday cake? cake. I thought there was a shirt he involved. came out. No, I also had a shirt with his photo on the back. Yes. <laughs> story. That's right. <laughs> and he may have known about that as well before coming on. Who knows? But he was. And you know what was really interesting is, you know, he was. You know how sometimes actors have this um this charm this charisma this mm -hmm. that, that's something you know Robert mm -hmm. Redford has that something to me on camera he had it in real life like that was yeah. him he would he looked into my eyes and I was like oh. <laughs> and I remember I had just started I hope going Jeremy out is not listening no, to this it's funny <laughs> I had just started going out with Jeremy at the time and Jeremy was in the audience and my mom later told me that he was like should I go up there like should I because I was so like obviously like um, and he could see it but you know those childhood crushes and you know you don't yeah. know those people so they become like 
almost like they're perfect, you know? Exactly. And I was like, I'm going to date a Dylan McKay. I'm going to date a Dylan McKay. I'm going to find me one of those my whole life. So Brian made that happen for me. I'm forever, forever grateful for that. That was No one in TV had ever done anything really cool like that for me. So this show does do just the most amazing things and the most amazing surprises. Um, And that's, that's one of the really cool um, benefits that, that comes along yeah, with it. Um, and talking about Jeremy, you got engaged on national television, right? You got engaged on the show and now you have an adorable baby. I, I, I follow you on Instagram and, um, and I, 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 I get special text messages with pictures. Yes. Um, and I heard that being on the show helped you see that you could balance a personal life and a career, which is really actually quite difficult um, it's very hard to do. It's really hard. Um, yeah. As you know, I didn't know. When I met you, I was like, I don't know if I want to get married. I yeah, kind of you lived did say my that. life like I didn't know. I didn't know if I would have kids. I remember yeah. at the time Joy saying to me, I don't think you want a baby. I think you want a dog. And yes, I was like, you know what? That. I was like, I do want a dog. So I got it. I got a dog. And I was yeah. like, no, you know, but but Jeremy kind of like changed a lot of that for me in yeah. terms of he was like, I met him and he and he's in the corner of the room. I keep looking over here. He's he's like a soccer dad, you know, Yeah, like was right away when I first met him. Um, But yeah, at the time, I think I was looking at, you know, you were doing this amazing job of balancing all of this and everyone on the panel, you know, Whoopi and Joy oftentimes would speak about children, you know, grandchildren. Um, Sarah was right in the midst Mm -hmm. of being this. You know, she and I were close and we talked a lot. We still are close, but we talked a lot about marrying later and having babies later. And I always thought, well, to have a baby in your late 30s, like, how do I do this? Like, And I told you I had mine at 38. Right. Right. Yeah. And I was like, how? And she was there, you know, pregnant doing it yeah. right next to me so you're really all... tired when they're 15 <laughs> yes, I'm sure. and I remember her eating these saltine crack like these little rice salted crackers yes. and I was yes. like oh Sarah now I'm like oh yeah I, get it. You know, I totally get it um but I did I felt like there were all of these really capable strong women around mm-hmm. me that were doing it and I still wasn't sure in that moment if I wanted it but I knew yeah. that it was possible and that yeah. was really, and I knew I could talk to any of you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that felt really good to be able yeah. to like kind of get the advice and all that. But yeah, that was, that was big for me. It's, it's interesting because Sarah talked to me about it as well. And I, I told her, I said, listen, I've been doing this for a minute. You know, <laughs> I, I started in television when Paloma was one month old. Um, I had Gabriel at 34, Paloma at 38. Mm-hmm. And I explained to her, and I think I told you as well, it's mm-hmm. not like it's easy. Um, and people talk about work-life balance, and I don't have that now. But I certainly wouldn't not do mm-hmm. either, right? And I think you'll agree, it's great being a mom. It's like the most incredible journey. And it's great, you know, being a career woman, too, um, it's wonderful, but it's hard and you prioritize things differently when you have a baby. And there are some opportunities that you just can't take. Yep. Um, and, you know, it is what it is. And then you you make time for projects and um, you make decisions based on your family now and your growing family. But at the end of the day, I think it's really worth it. Even mm-hmm. those sleepless nights. And <laughs> like I said, you know, Gabriel 
uh, went away to college and I cried like a baby in the middle of Harvard Yard and I looked crazy. And, you know, I'm running around this weekend uh, taking Paloma to the dentist and going across country meets. But it's cool. Yeah, it is. It's still cool. It kind of reprioritizes your work, interestingly, too, in the sense of. I, since having the baby, I'm much more aware that I want to do work I love. Yes. Be- before it was like, well, maybe I don't love something. I'll give a bunch of my time to it anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe it'll help me in some other way down the road or it's extra money. But now I'm like, this is taking away from time yes. with my child. He's yes. my world. This baby is everything. And at the end of the day, jobs do come and go. And yep. that family is your anchor. So yes. now I'm like, yes, I'm super passionate about stuff that comes my way that I really want to do. But if yes. I don't really want to do it, I'm also much more comfortable saying no. And, and it goes by so quickly. It goes yeah. by so quickly. Before you know it, they're off to college. So it's like, <laughs> why would you, you know, not spend time with right. them? Like, why would you do that when you when you could try to balance it? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think that only comes with with time or speaking to other people that have had that experience. Yes. Um, and, and I will say the other co-hosts, uh, former co-hosts, current co-hosts, they're all so giving of their time. I remember when Candace was here, she would, you know, we, we had a long discussion as well. She's like, you know, this travel thing and I'm going home and my kids are there yeah. and my husband's there and this is really hard. And I'm like, I hear you, girl. Like, I was working at CNN and I had an infant and I had, you know, it, it is hard. Um, but but that fellowship is is extra special yep. um, here on, here on the show. Um, let me ask you this because this this is an experience that only a few of us had. That election night special. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh my God! That at the end of it, poor Joy had like a funeral freaking shroud yes. over her face. Mm-hmm. What do you remember about that? Because that I remember looking back at Juju Chang like. Is Donald Trump going to be the president? <laughs> and she was looking at me and I was looking at her because she was like, you know, following the, the polls. Right. And and poor Joy, I've never seen her so out of sorts. I mean, yeah. she really looked like she was going to pass out. Yeah. She I really mean, did. That was an interesting night for me, too, because I was someone who for a while had been saying that I wouldn't be surprised if mm-hmm. he won. So I was sitting there kind of watching the numbers go in and say, yep. Okay. Yep. I see it. You know, I see what's happening. But there was a lot of surprise around me, a lot of real significant surprise. But joy. Yes. Oh, I'll tell you what I remember. We had food. Sarah, I think, drank all of my drinks. Um, We did have a live audience that night as well. I remember my husband was in the audience um, and joy was the people were traumatized. They were. were traumatized because I think there was this expectation for a lot of people of a Hillary win. They were like, she's going to win. You know, at the end of the day, she's going to come in. She's going to win. And it, when it started to be very clear that it was not going that way, there was there was a sense of panic. I mean, I felt at the table mm-hmm. there was like because I think there was a lot of shock. If you didn't see that coming, it was like, wait a minute. Polling was all wrong. What is going on? Um and it was again, I was sitting in that seat and it was weird because I was I wasn't panicked, but I was also not terribly surprised. And I was yeah. like, OK, what does this mean now? What does this mean for the country? What does this mean for media? What is tomorrow? going? I was thinking, like, what does tomorrow look like covering this? And, and like what what's happening? 
because mm-hmm. I think a lot of the people that were working in media were not expecting that result. So it was going to be something something very interesting was was in the air. Um, and it was really cool to be a part of that. I had actually never worked an election night, I don't think, before that. Maybe I uh-huh. had worked an election night not not in such a um, prestigious spot. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. It was fascinating. Yeah, it was fascinating. I also remember I, I had worked it at CNN. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was used to election night. I certainly wasn't used to sort of doing it the way we did it, you know, at the view with the balloons getting ready <laughs> to fall. Um, and then we were like, because we thought it would be the first time in history that we would have a um a woman as president and we're sort of, you know, a woman centric show. So, you know, we had champagne prepared and poor joy was like in the funeral shroud and we didn't want to have the balloons and, you know, and she was, was mo- Sunny, if you remember, she was, she was kind moderating. of moderating and she I was moderating. Like, no, yeah. at one point I was like, she's not going to be able to, do I didn't this. think she was going to be able to do it. Yeah. I agree. Like she was despondent mm-hmm. is a good, yeah. is a good word for it. Um, Poor Joy. I think and the she, fact that we had the <laughs> drinks and the food really helped that. Yeah, I think she downed um, like two big drinks. But I was like, at one point, is, on. is someone going to step in and moderate? <laughs> no, I really was. Like, I don't know. Or maybe she's just going to throw everything up in the air and walk off. I don't know. I know. Anything is possible, right? I've so, got to ask her. Uh, we, we have to ask her, like, what was going Yeah, I, I actually have never asked her that. But, no, and she'll have either. something incredibly funny to say. Funny much to funnier say. than you or I will come up with. But... <laughs> today's podcast is brought to you by shopify ready to make the smartest choice for your business say hello to shopify the global commerce platform that makes selling a breeze whether you're starting your online shop opening your first physical store or hitting a million orders shopify is your growth partner sell everywhere with shopify's all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person pos system Turn browsers into buyers with Shopify's best converting checkout, 36% better than other platforms. Effortlessly sell more with Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Did you know Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and supports global brands like Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen? Join millions of successful entrepreneurs across 175 countries, backed by Shopify's extensive support and help resources. Because businesses that grow... Grow with Shopify. Start your success story today. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash view. Put it all in lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash view now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash view. This is Sunny Hostin. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash view. Just go to Indeed.com slash view right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash view. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So another thing we talk uh, about on the show a lot is um, sort of the racial reckoning and um, race relations and and just race, you know, um, because it is it is an important issue um, in our country. Um, And you said that Whoopi and I actually helped you feel more comfortable um, talking about about that issue. What, what do you mean by that? So I think that that's a topic that coming into that conversation from a place of privilege, right? I'm mm-hmm. white. You know, I haven't had those experiences um, when it, that, that you may have had, that Whoopi may have had. And I, I remember the first time that this came up on the show, going to Whoopi and saying, I don't want to speak about this in a way that's going to make anyone uncomfortable. I don't, I really want to be able to say my piece, but I, is this a space where that's possible? And she, you know, looked me in the eye and said, you need to be able to have these conversations because that's the only way anything changes. That's the only way anyone learns. So this is a space for you to Mm -hmm. speak your mind, like know that. And she very much protected that no question was a bad question, that mm-hmm. you could say something and maybe if you didn't say it in the most artful way ever, she would step in in a very loving, compassionate way and say, well, have you thought about that? Or And I felt for the first time in my career that me being you know, a white woman who had never experienced those things and felt kind of odd speaking about them because I didn't want anyone to feel like I was, you know, oh, there's someone who's privileged, who's trying to tell me what it's like, because I don't know. And I want, mm-hmm. I acknowledge that from second one, but she made me feel like it was okay to kind of explore and speak yeah. and ask. And that's so important on every mm-hmm. issue, not yeah. just race, but th- those, that particular issue of race is something that I had always struggled with. How do I speak about this in a compassionate way? How do mm-hmm. I let people know that I'm empathetic, but I also have questions. Yeah. And if I'm, you know, there's other people out there, I don't want them to be afraid to ask. So right. if I sit back and zip up, what is, what message does that send? Um, exactly. So I was incredibly grateful to both you and, and even to this day, there's times that I'll send you a text and say, you know, or have sent you a text and say, like, what do you think of this? Oh, yeah. And, We've talked about it, like, off camera, for sure. And I, I care because even if we disagree, like, it's important for me to know how someone else sees it who has walked in different shoes mm-hmm. and may have a very different lens that yep. may open my eyes oh, to yeah. a different way of seeing. And that's on the issue of race, on the issue of gender, on mm-hmm. every issue, abortion, whatever it may be. I feel that that's so incredibly important. So I'm... 
I'm ever grateful for both of you for doing that for me on well, that issue. You're quite welcome. I, you know, I think that it's it, that's the beauty of this show because, and I think that was Barbara Walters' vision, right, to bring um, women from different backgrounds. Um, different ex- life experiences and being able to have those discussions openly and to teach other people how to do it. Um, and it's not easy. Um, I think a lot of a lot of people will come up to me and, and I'm sure they come up to you and say, you know, I should do that show. Mm-hmm. I could I could do that show. Yes. <laughs> I do that. It's really hard to do this show in 40 minutes six segments, right? Um, and talk about issues that you're not even supposed to talk about um, in in within your family, at the dinner table. Um, and we do it. And we do it with respect. And we do it with love. And we do it within the safety of our table. And I think race is one of those issues that um, uh, women, white women, feel uncomfortable talking about. But if we don't talk about it as women, um, who I think we're, we're sort of the saviors of our country, um, if we t- can't talk about it, then we can't teach our children mm-hmm. how to talk about it. And then we're nowhere. And that's why it's something that I bring up often on our show. And I do get feedback like, why does Sonny always have to talk about race? And Sonny's a race baiter. And, you know, Talking about race doesn't make you a racist. Talking about race doesn't make you a race fader. It makes you someone that wants to teach. It makes you someone that wants to teach others to be more conversant in something that is really, really dragging this country down. Um, and so I really always appreciated the fact that you were willing to listen and learn and, and explore and talk about it in front of the world, because that is hard to do. Sarah's another person that's willing to talk about it mm-hmm. and learn. Um, it's And it's something that I've experienced from all of my co-hosts um, here. And I'm, I'm hopeful it's because I've been very open. Like, please, when you have a question, come and talk to me about it. You know, right. um, you know, let me teach you about my lived experience. And there's no question that's off limits. And I've been asking crazy questions <laughs> and there's no question that's off limits. So I'm, I'm glad that we've we've had the chance to do that. Um, yeah. And there's always that fear, I think, of being misconstrued, you know, because yeah. it's happening on live television. Yeah. You know, we, we've all been in, in a circumstance on live TV where we've said something in a way that we may may have said differently if we had that extra second. You don't have that extra second. You sometimes. don't. So yeah. when it comes to certain issues that are very, you know, they're hot button issues. They're, they mm-hmm. tug at the heartstrings of people. You're in that moment. And I think what I really appreciated is that everyone at that table knew that we were all in that moment, that we yes. were all coming from a good place of wanting mm-hmm. to, to hear and be heard, like yep. to understand and be understood. And when you start there, yeah, everything else falls into place. Because, Absolutely. And that always felt that way for me, not just on that issue, but that issue in particular, because that was something that I was kind of nervous about going in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, any regrets from your time as as co host? You know, one one general regret is that I just didn't absorb what was happening. Like, it's a moment in time, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And I was so, like I said, I would get in my head about 
the conservative seat. And Mm -hmm. I was hyper aware, you know, the view had kind of this history um, of rotating people a lot. So I became very aware of that. We both experienced that. Yes. Yes. And I was, we were the rotating co-hosts. Right. And I was Mm -hmm. like, you know, when I first came on, I was like, do I want to leave stability for something that has this reputation, you know, of, um, and I ultimately decided it was worth it. And it was, Mm -hmm. but you know, in the, I think that knowing that sometimes I, I would get into my head and I wouldn't just take a minute to just be like, this is a moment. You're on the view. Whoopi Goldberg is here. This is this is pretty awesome, you know, no yeah. matter what goes down. Um, and there were times that I, like I said, I would struggle a little bit with that conservative. What does that even mean? Right. Like mm-hmm. I came when I came on the show, I was a Rand Paul person. That's how mm-hmm. I, you know, I, and I wasn't a Trump supporter at the time. Do you think um, he's a little crazy now? <laughs> I'm a very listen, Sonny. You and I could have a whole political. You know he's here, crazy but now. You know I am more conservative now, girl, than I you have know ever he's been. Crazy. I am proud of my. I am really. I've. I've mm, so, we gotta have this one on air. This one needs to. Come. <laughs> <laughs> but no, this is this would be a great discussion. But I think I struggled a little bit with. Um, I think I struggled a little bit with being my authentic self. Hmm. And also being in that seat. What I was told pretty early on, um, and I learned it later, I learned it actually when I was covering the Trayvon Martin um, trial, um, was that viewers can sense, see, and smell inauthenticity. Mm -hmm. And they will reject you for that. That is the truth. And um, when I started in television, um, the only person that kind of looked like me was Soledad O'Brien. And um, I decided I was going to model myself off of her. And so I actually cut my hair. I blew it straight within an inch of its life. I dyed it darker. And almost, and I, you know, I started pronouncing things like that. I mean, I'm a kid from the South Bronx. And I I have a little bit of a, you know, Spanish is my first language. So I had a little bit of like a Puerto Rican, like a little you know, twang. And I changed everything about myself and it showed. And it took me years um, to become authentic on air and talk about issues that were important to me, like social justice, like civil rights, um, like uh, police brutality, um, you know, uh, like, uh, you know, things that um uh, black black boys in, in you know in the streets things like that and um, it wasn't really until it was Don Lemon <laughs> who said listen you know I hid my my true self for a long time and um, they will they will sense it the viewers will sense it they will smell it they will see it and I was like huh and the minute I changed that um, I lost some opportunities mm-hmm. I was considered um, uh, sort of a wild card, a loose cannon. Welcome to um, the club. <laughs> yeah, right. Not a great fit, um, but I've never regretted that. Mm-hmm. Um, and you lose, as you know, Jed. You lose, like Joy Behar says, you lose fifty percent of your audience anyway it's when true. you give your true opinion. Um, but then you get to go home at night and you feel okay, right? Um, so that's a very good lesson that, that you learned. Yeah, I feel like you have to be able to in this business. There are so many people that I think um, 
do speak truth, but there are mm-hmm. a lot of people who are worried about job security and are worried about, and, and you'll yeah. hear people say one thing on camera and then say one thing off camera. And that drives me mad. It's terrible. It's not fair to the audience. So no. I, made, I made a commitment from that day, truly, yeah. when I came home from that day. And, and I, I'm kind of regret that I didn't do it right on air, but mm-hmm. I, I, I was like stuck and frozen in a moment. And I talk about this. I have a book coming out called Dear Hartley. And I talk oh, about yes, this I know. moment. I talk about it because it's important, I think, to acknowledge mistakes that you've made and things yeah. you, you learn from. And that was a moment where I learned so much and it paved a mm-hmm. way where I it really changed me for the better. And I sleep well at night. Listen, yep. I, I don't always please everybody, you know, mm-hmm. in the upper echelons of whatever, because I'm going to tell you the truth. I'm going to yeah. tell you what my research shows. I'm going to tell you how I really feel. Right. But at the end of the day, like, that's the best thing I can do for myself. And it's the best lesson I could teach my kid. It so. is the best lesson that you can teach your kid. I 100% agree with that. Um well, let me ask you this then, because, um, you know, you, you went on to Fox News, which is uh, an interesting choice. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Sonny. <laughs> Knowing who you are, um, I thought that was an interesting choice. Um, how did you react when you found out that you had been let go from this show? Because I think I was one of the first people that spoke to you. I think you were the first person I other than my... I was I wasn't married at the time yet. Yeah. I was engaged because um, I was at I was at a wedding. This and is I remember being distraught actually. Yeah, this is um, this is tough to talk about, yeah. and I've never talked about it. Um, yeah. I'm talking about it here with you because I I trust you, and I know there's yeah. no malicious intent. You know, no. from the press is no. not always kind. Yeah, um, and I was there. I was on the you phone were, with you. You were there, and yeah. you, you were living that with with yeah. me and and. I yeah. was um, completely shocked. Same. I was um, very sad. Um, yeah. I, I truthfully cried a lot of tears. Yeah. Um, I was, it was very unexpected. Yes, um, it was. I, I, you know, I actually found out about that. And this is not a reflection on anyone. As we know, there's been mm-hmm. a lot of changes at ABC News. So yes. this is not a reflection on anyone. Those I don't folks know are the not team. Here. Those folks are not here. But yeah. I found that out that I didn't have a job through a call from a reporter on a, on a weekend. And yep. was like, this can't be true. Like, yep. we've been doing great. We had such a great panel and there was no drama. And I was like, and we got along we got really along, well. And we mm-hmm. were, you know, there's a lot of different views on air and we're, the show's doing well. I was like, something's wrong here. And yeah. it wasn't actually, that was the truth. And um, nothing was wrong, but something was wrong and that I, I wasn't going to have a job. So I, and I remember not to interrupt you, but I remember I was at the wedding cause it was a Saturday, I think. Yep. And I get this call. I, I get a text message from you and I'm at a wedding. I'm like drinking a little and I'm partying and I'm dancing. So I didn't respond right away. And then you texted me again, mm-hmm. which you're, you don't usually do that. You know, so I was like, what's going on with Jess? I was like, what's up? I'm at a wedding. And you're like, please call me. I was like, oh, damn. OK. Yeah. So then I called you back. I'm like, hey, what's up? I'm at a wedding. And you sounded so out of sorts. And I was like, okay, let me get somewhere quiet. Something's wrong. And I was like, what is going on? And then you told me you heard from this reporter, had I heard anything? And I, I said the same thing to you. Like, that is not true. I was like, you know, people are always talking about nonsense with this show. It's not true because I would have heard something 
it it's yeah this and that's the line is, I don't heard get from upset everyone. right no one knew um and I, you know, to be honest with you, I think the shock of it lasted for a little while and it was very hard because I grew up, you know, I grew up very middle class and, Mm -hmm. you know, I always joke, like I grew up behind the Staten Island dump because I did, that's where I grew up, you know, like not that I was a poor kid, you know, I wasn't, that just wasn't my reality and I don't want to take away from people who had that experience because that's, you know, a a different challenge that I don't want to step on or in any but way. But it's not like you grew up wealthy. I didn't and, grow up wealthy. And, I didn't yeah. like come from a family that had connections and I had worked yeah. really, really hard. And yeah. that job. I've met your mother and father. They're yes, lovely. Yes, yes, they're lovely. And they worked really hard to give me, yeah. you know, opportunities and whatnot. But I, I worked really hard and I, I got to that position and I, I don't know, I felt like I had so much more to do. Like, oh, yeah. you know, we're going to, we were having these really good conversations and I had so many people coming up to me and saying, you guys are doing what needs to be happening at dinner tables around the country. And I was like, yes, this is what I want. I want conversation. That's why I got into this business. I I didn't get into this business to be on a split screen of talking Mm -hmm. points going left and right. I got into this business to really talk through issues. And I I felt so lucky. And then it was gone. And I felt... I was a little scared because I was like, what do I do from here? I was mm-hmm. I was a little bit distrusting, a lot distrusting of the industry at that point because I was like, yeah. oh, my God, this can happen? Like, what? I had yeah. not experienced that. Um, I got fired from CNN after my first year, and it happened very unexpectedly just like that. Very scary stuff. It's and, very And scary. the view is kind of, you know, you – like, I, I – it was crazy. I had – just gotten engaged and I had just moved into an apartment and I was like, my whole life's going to change. The truth is I wasn't mad. I was, I was worried. I was confused. And I was also like, did I do something? What did I do here? And I kept asking you, I remember saying you you said, what did did I I do do something? Because I was like, I don't think so. And you were like, I don't think so. And everyone else was like, no. No. Our, our dressing rooms were right next to each other. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember you, you and I are very similar in our prep, you know, and and I prep, as you know, Jed, I read everything. I read every book. I watch every movie. I read all the research. You read every book, read every page. Every, yes. I'm a, you know, I'm a type A person. And there were times I would come in or stay very late and you were reading the same stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, so you've got the same stats I have. And, and so when you say... When you were asking me, what did I do wrong? I was like, well, I'm obviously next because we're doing the same thing. <laughs> remember we're, that? We're, we're doing, you were yeah, like, I was like, I was I like, remember. I better get a job because <laughs> I, I didn't understand it. One thing that I will say that came out of that, that was, well, a couple of things came out of that for me that were really good. As they always say, when, you know, lightning strikes, there's some, there's some positive something to be found. Yeah. And one thing was that the audience, oh my gosh, rallied in messaging me. And it wasn't people who agreed with me, interestingly enough. I got some of those, don't get me wrong, but Mm -hmm. it was a lot of people saying, I'm not a conservative. I don't agree Mm -hmm. with you 90% of the time, but you made me think about these issues in a way that I hadn't thought about before. And you talked about them in a way that you were respectful and all everything that happened at that table made me feel differently about conservatives that, you know, they Mm -hmm. had labeled X, Y, and Z, or maybe they saw you know, Ted Cruz and didn't like him. We're like, they're all Ted Cruz's, you know, I wasn't fitting that. And that made me so happy that I would cry happy tears. Like I did something good, you know, this this." question. So, and I felt that felt good. Um, And also just the lesson of like, 
enjoy the moment, but know, yes. but know that this industry is a little crazy sometimes oh, <laughs> and, gosh. and, you know, appreciate what's happening while it's happening. Um, because yeah. when I looked back, I was like, oh my God, I was always so worried about, you know, this and that and the conservative seed and like, mm-hmm. er, you know, are they going to like, I was actually thinking a lot about, yeah. is the, are they going to push me out and it's going to rotate in? Cause there were so many, I, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have even thought about that. I should have just enjoyed what was happening. Yeah. Um, and also a commitment to, to do what you love, to find yes. that, you know, I became passionate about conversation and I have done my best to, to bring that everywhere I can. And if I can't bring it to those places, then they're not the right places for me. So exactly. Um, good lessons, but good. I miss, I miss the heck out of you, Sonny Hassan. Oh, I miss you too. <laughs> I mean, I, I was, I was so happy. Um, I'm, I'm so happy that, uh, we've remained friends and I loved being at your wedding and, um, I love seeing, um, you be happy and, um, with your, your gorgeous son and, and your husband and, um, I'm sure we'll have many, many more conversations. Yes, I am sure we will. And it's funny because you and I disagree on so much politically. And like <laughs> this conversation right here is like yep. everyone, like what? Like, see, it's totally <laughs> possible. It's totally possible. It is. <laughs> but I love you, Sunny, and thank you for having me on here. Of course. And, and love, love you too, sweetie. Love to that family. Oh, same to you. <laughs> All right. Bye, my friend. <laughs> Behind the Table is produced by Nathan Getty and Summer Shake. Executive produced by Brian Tutta. Booking was overseen by Todd Polks. The executive producer of ABC Audio is Liz Alessi. Special thanks to Josh Cohan, Brenda Salinas-Baker, Trevor Hastings, David Toledo, Elizabeth Russo, Lori Hogan, Stacia Deshishku, Molly Kessler, and Ashley Havens. Hey, I'm Andy Mitchell, a New York Times bestselling author. And I'm Sabrina Kohlberg, a morning television producer. We're moms of toddlers and best friends of 20 years. And we both love to talk about being parents, yes, but also pop culture. So we're combining our two interests by talking to celebrities, writers, and fellow scholars of TV and movies. Cinema, really. About what we all can learn from the fictional moms we love to watch. From ABC Audio and Good Morning America, Pop Culture Moms is out now wherever you listen to podcasts.